2: Welcome to AFA at the core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You can learn more at patriotacademy.com. It's my honor and privilege to fill in for Walker Wildman today. And thank you for listening. Appreciate you being here and uh, just joining in on the conversation. In fact, I'd love to hear from you. Call in to 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We're going to try to cover as many topics as we can in our time together this afternoon, so much happening out there. And it's always important for us to take a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective on all these hot topics. If you just look at the issues of the day in the moment in time, whoo boy, you get depressed. <laughs> you know, if you only look at the negative stuff out there, you'll go, Oh no, I give up. You can't do that. You got to have a biblical worldview, which means you step back and you say, What's God doing here? What are the pieces of the puzzle he's he's moving around? You got to have faith that. He is sovereign, that he's in charge, and that he still uses us to make a difference in the lives of the people that we have around us and in our nation. And so there's a lot of good things we can do in response to the bad and the ugly. I always call it the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think that's the way you should approach it. That's the way I approach history. I don't I don't think America's perfect. I don't think any one of us are perfect. I don't think the founding fathers were perfect. In fact, I've been studying them for 30 years and was shocked, absolutely shocked, to find out they were human. That's right, human. That means they sinned. That means they did evil things, just like you and me, right? We all, we all uh, fit that category. So we, we don't look at just the good. We don't look at just the bad or just the ugly. We look at all of it, and we say, okay, what can we learn from this? How can we look into history and learn from how people tried to do things the right way or the wrong way and what the results were? How do we learn from that history? How do we learn from what the Bible says? Because there's not a single issue that we could talk about that isn't addressed by the Bible. And then, of course, the constitutional perspective. Well, that's because we're Americans. We live in America. We live under the American Constitution. So we have a responsibility to say, what's the law of the land? Uh, When we render unto Caesar, what is Caesar? And unto God, what is God's? We got to say, okay, how does that work in our particular system of government? This isn't uh, a Roman Empire. This is the United States of America. And we have a constitution that makes us Caesar. We are in charge. So there's some responsibility that comes with that. And that means uh, looking at the big picture, looking at the at the system itself and how it works, and saying, "Okay, as an American citizen, what does the Constitution put on my shoulders? What's my responsibility?" And as I read the Constitution, where do I see myself and my role as a citizen and as Caesar? And so that's the approach I like to take on all of this, and uh, it's kind of how I picked up the nickname America's Constitution Coach because I started studying these things and I was like, "Okay." This is pretty interesting. I bet other people would be curious about this too, and 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 started talking about it in places I would go. And then I ran for Texas Supreme Court back in 2010, and uh, barely lost. By the way, I'm not bitter. No, no, not bitter. Just a little bit. No, no, I'm not. No, I lost by one vote per precinct in Texas. Okay, that's that's a that's a pretty small margin. It was a close race. Well, I did win the primary. I got to throw that out there. There was six of us in the primary. I won. I won the first round. Then we had a runoff, and I barely lost. Anyway. All of that to say, as I'm traveling around the state, speaking and this is a big state. I don't know, I, I know we got listeners all over the world and, and obviously all over the United States, but if you've ever driven across Texas, you need a whole vacation week to do that. This is a big state, let me tell you, it was hard to campaign across this whole state, but we had fun, loaded up the family, we had an old Eagle bus, and we traveled around the state. And everywhere I would go, I would talk about the Constitution. I'd talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of American history and and after it was all over, this guy calls me and he says, uh, he says, Rick, you know, we, we learned so much about the Constitution from your candidacy. We think you ought to do a Constitution class. We want you to do a class six weeks and uh, we'll get everybody there and we'll we'll study all the different areas. that how, does exe- how do executive orders work? What's the proper role of the court, which we talked about yesterday on this show? You know, all these different things. I said, man, let me tell you something. Uh, I'll set aside the time. I'll do the class, but it's going to be you and me and you're going to be buying me dinner. Uh, Every every time we do this, because nobody else is going to show up. Nobody's going to come spend time with us studying. I really thought it wouldn't work. And this guy gets 50 people in the room. And I was amazed. And we ended up doing four weeks instead of six. But we had we had this great time walking through the Constitution with a perspective of the citizen. How do I fit into this picture? And every week we would do the class, I'd jump on social media and I'd say, you know, hey, tonight we talked about. Uh, recess appointments. How does that work, and uh, how has that been abused, and how do we fix that? And we talked about how do you overturn a Supreme Court ruling. And as I would post this stuff, people would say, "Well, that sounds like fun. Would you come do that class in Chehalis, Washington, or would you come do that class in Topeka, Kansas, and would you come do that class?" So that's how we got started. Starting ended up traveling for a decade around the nation doing these Constitution classes. Ended up filming the class in Independence Hall, in the room where the Constitution was framed, and. And that's what started our Constitution Coach Program just a few years ago. We launched that so that we could give people these videos and, and and the workbooks and say, hey, you go be the coach now. That doesn't mean you have to know anything. You do the same thing I did. You say, hey, we're all sojourners together here. Let's learn together. You just put the videos on and then sit around and talk about it. And, man, that just took off. People were so hungry to do that, to say, are there is America a good nation? Is it worth saving? Is there something I can do about it? Do these principles still work if I work them? And, and, and then how do I do that? What are the specific steps I take? And I mean to tell you, folks, we have seen so many good results all over the nation as a result of that. So that's a really long lead in today to simply say, again, the same thing I said yesterday. The system still works if we work it. The principles haven't changed. So be encouraged. Be of good cheer as we approach the bad and the ugly here over the next few minutes. And I go through some of these news stories. Don't get discouraged. Don't despair. We got to be eyes wide open. We got to look at what we're facing and then we got to look at how to turn it around. So here we go. First story I want to cover is the New York City mayor firing 1,500, almost 1,500. I think it was 1,480 something employees, you know, because they were stealing from the city or or they were uh, not showing up to work uh, even when they were supposed to or they were just being really lazy or doing a lousy job. No, no, none of that. These were good employees. Fired them for not getting the jab. Now, now, now I just want to stop for a second and think about what the mayor is saying to these employees. He's saying you do a great job. It's hard to find people that actually want to work these days. You, you're good at your job. But because you have made a decision about your health, you've chosen a different path than I did in terms of how to respond to this virus that's already under control as much as you can get it under control. And because you made a different choice than me, I'm firing you. I'm taking away your livelihood and I'm going to make the city suffer by not having you on the team. And, And of course I'm doing that because the vaccine is safe and effective and it's, and it's absolutely required for anyone to be healthy, because if everybody, you know, if you get the vaccine, you won't get the virus. That's what the president promised us last summer, stood up in his big, you know, town hall meeting. If you get the vaccine, you will not get the virus. Hmm. How'd that one work out, folks? Took a while. A lot of us were saying immediately, um, that's not what the data says. That's not what the results show, even from the testing and all of that, that they little bit that they did to get it uh, pushed through on the emergency order. So effective, Eh, you know, you still get the virus, you still spread the virus. Um, You may have a lower chance of hospitalization, but not as much of a lower chance of hospitalization if you actually had the virus before and you had natural immunity. Natural immunity is far better. But the New York mayor doesn't even know what those words mean, I guess, because he doesn't talk about natural immunity. You can't you can't get around his firing. If you've had the virus and therefore are more immune and safer to everyone at work than someone that gets the jab and then brings the virus to work. It's just insanity. We've lost our minds. This mayor has bought into the lies, become part of this COVID cult that doesn't. It's not about actual science. It's about political science. So, of course, he's firing people because the vaccine is safe and effective. Is it? Is it? it, Even the CDC is now admitting it's not effective that maybe it might it might help for maybe 4 months now i think they went from a year to 10 months to 8 months to 6 months to 4 months oh and and now you got to get a, a booster and then you got to get a second booster and then a third booster and uh, and now it's going to be every year or maybe every 3 months i mean whatever's going to make big pharma the most money i guess at this point because it's certainly not keeping people from getting the virus or spreading the virus so effective i don't think so safe hmm well you tell me is a, vi- is, a is a is a medical procedure safe if you have 25,000 reported deaths to the VAR system already, more than all vaccine related deaths reported to the VAR system combined since we started reporting this, I believe almost three decades ago. Is that, that sounds safe to you, 25,000 deaths? You know, we stopped the swine flu vaccine in, in, in 1976 after 53 deaths. This one's 25,000 reported. And according to Dr. McCullough and some of these other experts that really follow this stuff and study it, that's probably about one fifth of the actual deaths. So probably more like one hundred twenty five thousand deaths because a lot of doctors won't report to VARES or a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people we, we don't even know that they actually died from the virus. And then get get this number over one million adverse reactions reported to VARES. So, you know, I'm probably going to be canceled by uh, the the world for creating, quote, vaccine hesitancy. But shouldn't we know these things? In fact, the law says that we're supposed to be told these things. The statute that allows for these emergency authorization vaccines. And don't be fooled by the people that say, oh, no, it's FDA approved now. No, it's not. You cannot get the FDA approved vaccine in the United States right now. Every vaccine that you're getting is still under the emergency authorization Statute. And the statute says that in order to do an emergency author- authorized vaccine, you have to do a couple things. Number one, you have to tell the person the pros and cons. You have to tell them the benefits and the risks. So that's all I'm doing. I'm doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm giving you the risk. They give you all the supposed benefits. I'm giving you the other side of it that they're not telling you about. And then the other thing is you're not even supposed to have emergency authorization if there are any other treatments out there. This is why they would not let you talk about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, budesidine, all of these treatments that have been working tremendously well. I can testify, saved my father's life, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, my wife, budesidine, is what finally uh, got her to kick uh, COVID. And so I'm not downplaying COVID, believe me, it knocked me on my back for two weeks. But the overreaction of the government and the the shutting down of, of treatments and yeah, I mean I, it blows my mind that the, that the the medical associations and the pharmacy associations are firing people, taking away licenses of doctors that are trying to save lives. There are estimates as high as five hundred thousand of the deaths would not have happened if the government hadn't lied to us, if the pharmaceutical companies hadn't lied to us, if the medical industrial complex hadn't lied to us and we had gotten these treatments out there for people okay this was not even my topic today but i'm so upset at this new york city mayor firing 1500 people over this jab that is not safe or effective and then as we said yesterday not allowing for religious exemptions because the government knows better than you what your religion actually says yeah the government is deciding whether or not your religion allows you to ask for a religious exemption think about what that means that means the government is defining your faith for you. Talk about a violation of the rights of conscience, a violation of the freedom of religion. Uh, this is over the top. And, and unfortunately, as I mentioned yesterday, the Supreme Court not hearing that challenge from New York City because Sonia Sotomayor refused to allow it to come before the U.S. Supreme Court. So that's uh, that's just a mess in New York. Get out of New York, folks. I'm telling you, you need to move to a free state uh and leave new york it's just uh it's just unbelievable what they're doing there okay uh just a minute or so here before the break so uh, I'm going to come back after the break and talk about the truckers and also uh, get to your calls. Thank you for calling in. The phone number is 888-589-8840. Unbelievable what's happening in Canada now with this, uh, this beta male wimp. He should be the poster child for beta male wimps. Uh, uh, Trudeau is just an embarrassment to the world. It's just a shame what he's doing. Um, uh, the, the fact that he is invoking this emergency uh, power uh, is unreal. It hasn't been done since his dad did it 50 years ago. And uh, uh, the Emergency uh, Powers Act, by the way, is, is he's essentially doing, he's doing the same thing. I know I'm gonna get hate mail for this. He's doing the same thing Hitler did with the enabling acts in 1933 and 34. He's using this to take away freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, all of the things that we hold dear. And you might be saying, well, they don't have that in Canada. Yes, they do. It's called the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It's based on the American Bill of Rights. And it gives them those same freedoms that we share It doesn't give it to them. It says the government will protect those things that God gave to them. And yes, even Canada recognizes that. So we're going to talk about these truckers. We're going to talk about Alec Baldwin when we get back. Apparently, he's being sued for his incredibly negligent gun handling. Uh, Interesting story there. And then, of course, the uh, John Durham investigation. Apparently, the Clinton campaign spied on the president of the United States. Yep. We're going to talk about whether or not that's going to go anywhere so stay with us it's afa at the core you can call in at 888-589-8840 i'm rick green america's constitution coach we'll be right back
0: having determined allotted periods and the boundaries
2: of their dwelling place my name is abraham hamilton III, and this is the hamilton minute After 11 months, the southern border remains wide open, if not functionally erased. Illegal aliens cascade across. From February 1st to December 31st, 2021, Customs and Border Protection apprehended a record 1.9 million illegal aliens on the southern frontier. Versus only 511,000 one year earlier under then-President Trump. That's a 283% increase. And that's just the ones they caught. The Biden administration has had an entire year to improve this rapidly deteriorating mess. Instead, they haven't lifted a cuticle. This is not accidental, folks. This is intentional.
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
3: This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls.
1: Perfection seems to be the driver for girls in today's culture. From looks to grades, from athletics to achievement, it appears that girls seek confirmation of who they are by crafting perfect lives through all sorts of filters. And God requires no filter. He desires only our sincere presence. Our girls have been created in His divine image with gifts and talents unique to each of them. Teach your girl that she is wonderfully made, just as she is. Her worth is not contingent upon flawlessness. Matthew shares, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. To God, she is even more beautiful than the flowers. She is his beloved creation today and always. We need her presence, not her perfection.
3: Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
0: AFA at the core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the core on American family radio.
2: Welcome back to AFA at the core. Rick Green filling in for Walker Wildman. I'm America's constitution coach. You can find out more at patriotacademy.com. And you can call in and join the conversation by calling 888 589 4 0. That's 888-589-8840. We were just beginning to talk about these amazing truckers in Canada. I mean, these are champs. Yes. Honk, honk, honk. I love these guys. I I I and gals. I mean, it's both. And they are patriots. They are warriors for liberty. Uh, they are courageous, and they're just good folks. I mean, think about the truckers in your life. Uh, it, either you're a trucker listening or you have a family member that is, right? I always think about my Uncle Lauren, think about my cousin Nathan. You know, these are salt of the earth, freedom-loving, flag-waving, constitution-loving, you know, uh, uh, mostly God-fearing folks uh, that that have uh, really a set of recurring character traits, and, and that is that they're independent, they're responsible, they're self-starters, they're family-oriented, and they're always willing to help. I can't tell you how many truck stops my family has stayed at, and we have we we would when we would travel around the nation doing these Constitution classes and other other th- you know speaking engagements and whatnot. We had this old Eagle bus, and we would stop at night and stay in truck stops, and we would back in between two of these big old trucks, and you know always get to meet some folks in the restaurants and the and the and the you know truck stop. Uh, uh, convenience store. And I'm telling you, it was so different from what I initially thought when we started doing that 15, 20 years ago. Um, just amazing folks. And um, I I am so appalled uh, by the characterization, the mischaracterization that Trudeau has has placed on these good men and women. I mean, I love watching the videos of them praying together, uh, all the different, you know, just, just coming together ag- against the tyranny. And, and that's basically what happened. They saw a way to help they saw a way to stop, stop the tyranny, to, to stop the to step in the gap, literally, and do um, what what others had not been able to do. And uh, so I just think it's shameful and hypocritical for Trudeau to now um, after marching with the violent Black Lives Matter writers, I mean, the, the, the Antifa and BLM stuff that went on, the cities that burned all across this country. And clearly that's not everybody that came out to to specifically march for racial reconciliation and make sure we have a blind justice system. Those are good things to to march for. But all of the violence, all of the police officers attacked, all of the things that happened with the BLM folks. And Trudeau was fine with that, did nothing to, to, to hinder, but instead help and actually go out there and march with them and then turn around and condemn these truckers, these patriots who have had no violence, have done nothing like that or not at all what he called, he called them racist. He called them every name in the book with zero evidence to any of that. And now, and now, you know, taking their money, freezing their bank accounts. uh, Now he's invoking this emergency, uh, emergencies act, uh, which is, I I mean, just, just, just to give you a little background on this emergency act thing. This is, as I said, not been done since his dad did it 50 years ago. And the law, it's a very, very extreme circumstance that this thing would be invoked for. It's essentially martial law. And, 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 it, and it says in the act, it says it's only to be done when, quote, seri- there, there, something seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada to preserve the sovereignty, security and territorial integrity of Canada. And when the situation cannot be effectively dealt with under any other law of Canada. Now, does anybody think that the sovereignty or the territorial integrity of Canada is at stake? With these truckers, of course not, not at all. And could it be dealt with under any other law? Absolutely, it could be dealt with. This is called a civil disobedience protest. And when that happens, you go say, "What's the issue? What are what are you so upset about? Can we, you know, is there something we can do to do a better job here? If not, then you you know you have your standoff. You see who's going to last the longest." But in this case, no, we're not even, I mean, he's literally going to use a military response as if Canada is being invaded. He thinks this is the movie Red Dawn and now it's happening in Canada instead of in America. I mean, I I, I think they should start painting Wolverines on all these, all these trucks. uh, For those of you that are Red Dawn fans out there, but the government's dealt with stuff like this, you know, many times in the past and, and you do this through the process. You don't start using this military style response and, I know people will, you know, hate me for uh, doing the analogy because nobody wants to compare anything to Germany or Hitler or any of that kind of stuff. But folks, what I say at the beginning, you got to look at history. You got to look at where this stuff has been done in the past. And in the early 1930s, that's exactly what they did. 1933, the Rostock fire, they they used it as an excuse to pass the Enabling Acts, which allowed Hitler to end freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, all these things that we hold so dear and and stop those things and literally move into his tyrannical dictatorship. Now, I'm not suggesting that Trudeau is headed that way, but if you're taking the steps to prevent the people from being able to assemble, to prevent them from being able to speak and to now arrest them for those things, uh, we are headed down a very dangerous path. And then you have the whole freezing of their funds, I mean, literally freezing their money you got the hacking of the give sin go which was the alternative to go fund me which is really uh, not fund me and 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 let me steal your money uh, anybody out there that's got your fundraiser on go go fund me please get off of that uh, uh, that platform they, the go fund me think about what they did they said to the truckers here's your 10 million dollars that you raised we don't like you and agree we don't agree with you so we're take not only are we taking your money we're going to take your money and go give it to causes we do believe in That's the Marxist mentality of these people. Now, fortunately, there was enough pushback from Senator Cruz and a lot of other people. Lawsuits threatened that apparently GoFundMe is now going to give the money back to the people that donated. They're not going to give it to the truckers. So they literally have initially were going to steal from the the truckers and give it to whoever they wanted to give it to. Now they're going to give it back to the people that had donated. But it's just created all kinds of, of chaos. And this this all started with the cancel culture. This whole idea that you can use the power of your platform, your technology, your political office, whatever it is, to shut down anyone that disagrees with you, that is a Marxist idea. That is a we want all people to think alike and march in lockstep with whatever the government narrative is. And and this is very different. You know, when we say cancel culture, that is that is very different from a boycott. A boycott is is a proper Free market tool. I mean, that's just you saying I'm going to take my money and go somewhere else, and I'm not going to shop at your place as long as you're doing something that that you know violates my conscience and and, and that I uh you know uh, seriously disagree with. Right? A boycott is can be very very effective. I have I have no problem with people that want to boycott. I've participated in in, in boycotts before, and uh, and they can be an effective free market tool. That's that's essentially a form of free speech. You're basically speaking with your dollars and i frankly think we need to do a whole lot more of that's why i love the the second vote app and finding out where companies are giving their money especially with all these woke corporations now it's unreal the things they're doing um little rabbit trail here but the uh, i did see that the president of levi's uh, just quit her job because they they wanted to silence her over her speaking out against the abuse of children with masks uh, she's been an outspoken advocate of that for uh, over a year, trying to get the kids back in school and and stop abusing them with masks. It's so unscientific. It's not helping. It's only hurting. Um, anyway, uh, um, she just gave up, you know, significant job in order to still have free speech. But so Levi's, I mean, it's a San Francisco company, very woke. But most of our corporations now, M and M's is now, I mean, Hershey's and and Mars, both of the big, you know, chocolate companies. A lot of candy now is woke. It's unreal. So that's that's a whole nother story. But we need to be voting with our dollars. When we spend money, uh, but this idea that you can cancel people—not not just make an individual choice to boycott, but actually use your power to stop someone from even being able to participate in the marketplace—in other words, not not make the decision that I'm going to shop somewhere else, but actually go put a chain on their door and prevent them from opening their store—that's essentially what's happening with the cancel culture. Uh, it's it's banning people in this old-fashioned banishment to the hinterlands kind of thing. I mean, I feel like we need an Old Testament city of refuge for the person that committed manslaughter. I mean, that's how they're treating people that simply disagree with them. That is not a country I want to live in. That is not a culture I want to live in. I, I have always said, I may not agree with you, but I will fight and die for your right to say what you believe. And then we can debate it. And and, and and I'm I'm confident in my beliefs. And I don't mind being corrected either. That's the iron sharpening that takes place when you have robust debate. I, I, I'm i going to admit it right here on national radio. I have been wrong before. I, I know that shocks you. I, I know that, I mean, that comes as a shock to me. No, listen, I've been wrong a lot. I've said stupid things. I've said things that I thought I knew what I was talking about. Turns out I was completely wrong. And if it wasn't for the opportunity to debate, If it wasn't for the opportunity for others to speak their mind, for them to challenge me, for them to say, well, well, now wait a minute, where did you get that stat? Where did you get that fact that I wouldn't be able to improve? I wouldn't be able to learn more and get better. That's iron sharpening iron and and, uh, sharpening the counsel of each other. We need that desperately in a free society. And these people hate that. They do not want dissent, they do not want opposition. And so they banish you to the hinterlands. They want you out of society. They don't want you to be able to access your money. They don't want you to be able to work. They're like the mayor of New York firing you as soon as they can. They're like Trudeau trying to, um, you know, take your money and and, and and confiscate your money. I mean, these people do not love freedom. Sure. They hate freedom and they hate dissent. That is not the direction we need to be going. And we need to recognize that when it's time to vote. We need to only vote for those people that that embrace freedom, that, that still believe in freedom. In the free market and free enterprise and free speech and, and would rather have someone that is exactly the opposite of them with the, the freedom to speak. If they have a platform to use it, um, if if if, uh, if if you disagree that, that you can counter the argument and, and the people that don't want you to speak, that want to cancel you, it's because they have no confidence in their own arguments. They have no confidence in their own faith. That's why I don't mind the the challenge when it comes to my my faith uh, of debating someone or having a discussion with someone that's an atheist or a different religion or whatever. I enjoy that. It's a great opportunity to 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 speak truth, and uh, and and stand on what I believe. Be ready to give an answer. We're told in the Bible. All right, getting off on some tangents here. We're gonna go to the phones, and uh, and then hopefully before we're done, I'll get to the Durham investigation. And also, I gotta mention this Alec Baldwin thing uh, when we get there. But let's uh, while we're still on the whole trucker thing and the vaccine mandates. Let's grab Bob in Maryland. Uh, looks like he's got a comment or question about the vaccine. So, Bob, how you doing, sir? Thanks for calling sure. in.
0: Sure. Hey,
1: I
3: think you already covered it. I, I was
1: wanting people to know how many people would have actually died from the uh, vaccine. They have those numbers on from the CDC website. But I haven't found it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and another thing, you talk talking about Castro Trud- Trudell. What's the story when he I seen him on TV with his face, with his face painted black? What's that all about?
2: I you know, honestly I don't know that whole story. I, I don't I don't know if that was something he did uh, you know, uh in, in his younger days as some kind of Halloween costume get up. I, I honestly don't know. I've heard reference to him being in blackface and and that's definitely a you know Get you canceled and cancel culture today for sure. Um, but to your first comment, the, the, the reporting of the stats on on deaths and adverse events is in what they call the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And, and CDC does have links to that. And you can go, look, the, the trick with VAERS, and the reason they did this is because they did something they should have never, we should never ever do for any industry. They gave blanket immunity uh, to the vaccine manufacturers where no, even if their product is defective and harms you, uh, that you can't sue them. So, that you can't sue a vaccine manufacturer if your kid dies or is, it gets an adverse reaction. And so, part of the trade off was to have this VAR system, and supposedly you get compensation from the federal government. It's billions and billions of dollars have been paid out, but it's a drop in the bucket to the number of people that have been been harmed. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, you're right. You can go to CDC's website and you can just you know, duck, duck, go. I stopped saying Google things, start duck, duck, going them. <laughs> but anyway, duck, duck, go. Uh, VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, and you'll be able to pull it up. The challenge is that that most of the deaths, most of the adverse reactions are not reported, either because people just don't know where to go to report that, or frankly, there's an awful lot of the medical industrial complex that, that uh, refuses to participate. They won't even tell you about it, or they'll refuse to report it themselves. Uh, because you know frankly they're they're um, too big uh, a part of, of big pharma okay let's get one more on the uh, on the religious exemptions on the jab this one from caroline in oklahoma did i say that is it caroline or carolyn caroline all right hi caroline
1: hello um please bear with me the reason why they will not let anybody get the medical um exemption and they're not they're not marked as smart they are Freemasons, which they have their private religion, which they are all Satanists and they're running every country. They have hand signals. And I got I got a place where you can go and look at it all.
2: Well, I tell you what, I've got a book on this, uh, or I don't have a bu- book. Our organization, Wall Builders, has a book on this called Freemasonry and the Founding Father. It's not about the Freemasons of today, the Masons of today, but it's about the Freemasons. Of uh, the founding era, because a lot of people think that all the founders were Masons and and therefore they couldn't have possibly been Christians. That's not accurate. Masonry was very different uh, back in the founding era than it was in the eighteen hundreds under Albert Pike when it did become anti-Christian for a while. Very different from what it is today as well. Uh, But back then, very few of the founders were actually Mason. I know this wasn't your point, Caroline. I'm sorry. I kind of going off on a tangent here, but um. The uh, the very few of the founders were actually masons. It's kind of funny that that movie National Treasures, which I love with Nicolas Cage, you know, the opening scene where it's uh it's Charles Carroll and he's the last surviving signer of the Declaration of Independence. He's passing down the message, the secret Masonic message to his driver and all that. Well, Charles Carroll was never even a mason himself, so <laughs> we get, we definitely get a lot of that wrong uh, with the founding fathers themselves. But um I you know there there's no doubt that there are a lot of people that are. Involved in smoke filled rooms, if you will, but I'm not one that thinks uh, there's a smoke filled room that's actually controlling everything. Are there people that want to control everything and that control some of the big decisions? Absolutely. The beauty of our system in America is that we can disempower them. Through the system that we've been given that's what the founding fathers gave us so if we sit back and we let them have control they will take control and they will use it and we're up against a a collusion of of big pharma and government that's a very dangerous place to be when you have these trillion dollar uh industries uh, and and government working together to silence anyone that opposes them and therefore they're able to push their product on the market even if it's dangerous or even if it's um you know, only uh, only creating profits for them and not actually solving the problem. So, all right, when we come back, we will touch on the whole Alec Baldwin thing and the John Durham investigation and whether or not the Clinton campaign spied on the president of the United States hacked these, uh, apparently hacked the the, the the system. It's it's wild. Uh, so stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to AFA at the Core. You can call in at 888-589-8840.
3: they should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable.
0: Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. You know, it's been three years since Eight Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free. But today, I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that Eight Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us, food and lodging are provided, and again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to La Paz, Louisiana during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Here's Dr. Michael Kruger from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks.
2: Every day people are faced with critical questions about what to believe and how to act and how to think and what things they should accept in culture and what they should reject. Uh, These are very life-centered questions and, and important questions that people want to know the answers to. And if they can't trust the Word of God for the answers to those things, they're going to go other places to get them. And so at stake in the battle for the Bible is the daily life of each individual believer. We want them to have confidence in the Scriptures of the Word of God, that they can turn back to that every day. They can rely on it. They can trust it as a guide. And we want them to be spending time in it, devotionally in the Scriptures, absorbing it, thinking about it. And so if, if the church loses its way and loses its trust in the Bible, then the ramifications on the practical day-to-day life of, of believers is going to be enormous. Visit
0: thegodwhospeaks.org. AFA at the core podcast are available at AFR.net back to AFA at the core on American family radio.
2: Welcome back to AFA at the core. I'm Rick Green, America's constitution coach. You can learn more about our organization at patriotacademy.com would love for you to be a constitution coach as well. You don't have to know anything about history or the constitution or the law or anything. You just have to know how to hit play. If you can do the power play, in other words, turn on the power and hit play, Let our videos do the teaching, and then you just open it up to discussion with your friends and family that you've invited over to your living room or your church or wherever it might be. You should be a Constitution coach. Be the catalyst for a restoration of biblical values and constitutional principles. Join us, patriotacademy.com. Okay, let's jump in. Two more pieces of uh, news and then back to the phones. Uh, First of all, Alec Baldwin. Most people kind of know the story. Um, They were on the set of this uh, movie that um, uh, was called Rust. And because he has absolutely zero responsible gun handling skills and no one apparently taught him the basic, uh, you know, uh, four firearms safety rules, um, he fired this gun and it, it, it killed a lady on the set. Uh, he claims he literally claims this is the, the, even Fox News headline. Here's the Fox News headlines. Um, uh, Helena, I think that's how she says her name, and I apologize to the family if I'm saying that wrong. Helena Hutchins died on the set of Rust after the gun Baldwin was holding discharged. After the gun Baldwin was holding the gun all by itself discharged. That doesn't happen, folks. I mean, even people always worry about, you know, dropping their gun and it's and it's gonna go off in the movies. It does that. It's silly. All right. The gun Baldwin was holding did not discharge itself. Baldwin fired the gun. And because he had not followed the basic safety firearms rules, this lady is dead. So it's negligence at the very least. And, and for those of you who haven't been through one of our trainings yet, we'd love to have you go through our constitutional defense course where we do firearm safety during the day and then constitution training at night. But you you always, always, always treat a weapon as if it were loaded. Always. And then you never muzzle anything you're not willing to destroy. And then you keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready. And then you're always aware of your target and what's in line with your target. Now, I realize that you have to violate the second rule here in movies with a gun that is not supposed to be able to fire. You're going to have to muzzle something that you otherwise wouldn't want to destroy, another actor or camera or whatever it might be, and that's why you check the gun. You do a chamber check. You make sure. You have all kinds of tests. He actually refused to even do the training that the other people on the set wanted to give him. I guess too arrogant. I don't know what what his reasoning was, uh, but all of this to say, if they had simply done the basic firearm safety rules, any, any, any of them, uh, it would have prevented this from happening. But I just can't stand the lack of responsibility, blaming the gun. Uh, this business of blaming the gun is just illogical. It, 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 I went through this 20 years ago when when, when uh, Andrew Cuomo was secretary of HUD and he was suing cities, blame, I, I'm, I'm sorry, suing gun manufacturers, blaming them for crime. And then all these cities around the country started jumping on these lawsuits and saying, yeah, that's why that's why murders are being committed in our city. It's not because we have horrible, stupid policies and because we don't prosecute crime and because we let people out that are murderers. No, no, no. It's because there's too many guns as if the gun is somehow jumping up and shooting people. It's a ridiculous legal theory. It's like blaming the spoon because I gained you know 15 pounds every Thanksgiving. That's ridiculous. It's not the spoon's fault. It's my elbow's fault. No, it's my fault. <laughs> it's me making the decision to eat too much food. In the same way, when you take a legal product designed to do uh, – that, that operates exactly as it was designed to operate, and you misuse that product, and you make the decision to purposely murder someone, you are responsible. Not the firearm, not the, not the baseball bat that was used, or the knife, or the car, or the truck that was used to run over people. I mean, we even saw that headline out of, out of Wisconsin, whenever this crazy guy goes driving through the crowd, killing all these people – and, and hurting all these people, there were headlines that actually said a suburban could, you know, did so-and-so. <laughs> I mean, that's how ridiculous these people are. Uh, but uh, d- I just saw this. I have not read the details on this, but I'm sickened by the headline. Remington reaches $73 million settlement with Sandy Hook parents. And as I'm just scanning the article, they were claiming that Remington was responsible for this nut job, Adam Lanza, that went into that school and killed – uh, you know, I think it was 25 or 26 children and adults. By the way, on the exact same day in China, crazy guy took a sword and a knife and went into a school and did the same thing. I, I think he, uh, it was 20-something. Anyway, in other words, you take away the guns, we'll use knives. You take away the knives, we'll use rocks, jawbones. We're back to Cain and Abel. Man is evil. They're depraved. The heart of man is the problem, not the weapon. And knowing that should make us want to make sure that law-abiding sheepdogs, those who are willing to defend should always be able to be armed everywhere. That's one reason we have trained so many people in constitutional defense. We want a good guy, trained good guy with a gun, not just a good guy with a gun. If you're a good guy with a gun and you're not trained, shame on you. Go get training. Find somewhere local to get trained. You shouldn't be carrying a gun if you haven't had some training. But get trained and then be a good guy with a gun that is trained, and we ought to have a trained good guy with a gun in every grocery store, every restaurant, every Walmart, every music festival, all these places where these mass murder events take place. The more trained good guys and gals with guns you have, the sooner you stop that nonsense and you prevent it from happening in the first place in a lot of those situations. Anyway, Remington settled this lawsuit. I don't understand. I mean, they are basically by settling, they are basically saying that by by making and manufacturing a, a, a piece of plastic or metal that we're responsible for murder. That is insane. That's a shame on Remington for doing that. It's a great company. I can't believe they have settled this lawsuit. Uh, in fact, I'm reading here the, uh, uh, the, the 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 plaintiffs' lawyers. Of course, they're going to blame uh, blame the the manufacturer because they're the ones with the deep pockets. But they're essentially saying they should not have made a gun uh, that that could be easily operated. I mean, <laughs> it's so silly. And and folks, if you know anything about AR-15s. Uh, it is a it is a really really good weapon, it, and it's great for the ladies because it's 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 it doesn't it doesn't kick hard. It's easy to control. It's a fantastic self defense weapon, uh, and I frankly think every family should have at least one or twenty, and uh, and and everybody in the family be trained like my family is uh, to 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 use not only handguns but also an AR fifteen. It's a fantastic weapon. So shame on Reb- Remington for uh, admitting. Uh, maybe they didn't admit any fault. They just wanted the lawsuit to go away. But by settling. They're essentially saying it's the gun's fault instead of the nut job that used the gun. So disappointed in that, uh, but just saw that headline, thought I would uh, segue from Alec Baldwin to there. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. I'm kind of new at this. All right. uh, Durham investigation real quick. This is the situation where John Durham, special prosecutor, uh, investigator, he's basically been looking into this for years. Mark Levin pointed this out five years ago and said, hey, we've got a problem here. It looks like the Clinton campaign was spying on Donald Trump. At his, Not only at Trump Tower, but they were spying when he was president of the United States. Somehow they got access to his servers and was able to hack into the computer system. This is espionage at the worst. I mean, this is spying on the president of the United States. And so what's going to happen? Who's going to go to jail over this? Somebody better go to jail over this. And maybe it goes all the way to the top. I find it very um, hard to believe. That during the 2016 campaign, when all this stuff was going on, and e- and the FBI was spying on Donald Trump and all the uh, these other agencies, that I, I have it, I find it hard to believe that Obama didn't know. Um, the question is, did Clinton know that her team was doing this? And then we're back to a Nixon type situation with Watergate, where even if he didn't know that it, she didn't know it was happening, but later found out that she covered up. When did she know? I mean, there's a lot, a lot of questions there to be answered, and I don't think they'll get answered until you have a different Congress that is willing to investigate this. And I, I'm encouraging every, every candidate for Congress right now needs to be talking about this and saying and promising, and then follow through on the promise that January, 2023, when a Republican Congress is sworn in, they will have a, a committee to investigate this immediately and they will push for prosecution. Uh, this is, this is shameful, shameful stuff. And, and, um, whew, boy, I I'm just, I'm disappointed that it's taken this long, but Major media is not covering it either, so most people don't even know that it's going on. Okay, I'm going to stop ranting, and we'll get back to the phones. And I believe next up is Virginia in the great state of Texas. Virginia, what part of Texas are you calling in from? Uh,
1: the South Plains of Texas.
2: All uh, right, well, Marilla, welcome to the program.
1: West of Lubbock
2: Well, fantastic. Of Lubbock. Thanks for calling in.
1: Well, thanks for taking my call, and I'll make it brief, but thank you for all you do to inform us. But, um, right. well, I was talking this morning to my son. I said, if I could go back to college, I would really apply myself more. And we just don't have time when we're young. Well, then I turned on the news, and Nancy Pelosi said, that our inflation is caused by more people going back to work. I thought, I guess I don't have to have a college education after all. I could be stupid, too.
2: (laughs) You know what your problem is, Virginia? You have common sense. (laughs) You actually use the brain God gave you, and I'm not so sure Nancy does, or at least she's willing to ignore her uh, facts and, and, uh, and, and put her spin on it. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, these people dump $10 trillion on the market and they tell people to stay home and not work and create the supply chain issues. And then, and and then they want to blame you for going back to work, uh, for the price of things going up. Yep. Yeah. I love it. You're a blessing, Virginia. Thanks for calling in. Uh, let's go to, let's see, I, I guess we got, let's see, how about Jake in Oklahoma? Hey, Jake, you there?
3: Yeah. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, go for it, man.
3: I was uh wanting to just kind of make a comment about the woman that was talking about the Freemasons uh, or just what she was saying. She was absolutely right about that. It's something that we don't really address enough because, I mean, there's a Freemason Lodge in pretty much every town in America and abroad and other countries and stuff. Uh, most of your uh like stars, like your movie stars and your sports stars, like Shaquille O'Neal, he's an open Freemason. They pretty well can control any agenda, and they are satanic at the top. The people who get in at the bottom, you know, aren't usually uh, learning that until they get so far into it they've already committed. How do do they control the agenda? How do do
2: they control the agenda?
3: Well, they have Freemasons in pretty much any business that matters. I guarantee there are some in Pfizer. I haven't looked into that specifically yet, but, I I mean, it's just you could just bet on it they have uh you know and, and as far as the media i mean like i said a lot of the hollywood stars and everything every any movie they make they're uh, doing it with purpose you know we think we're just watching it for entertainment they have a whole different culture and well i i'll agree it with it that the last part
2: of your statement that, that that pretty much every movie is made with, with with some level of agenda but as far as them controlling right. the agenda or having Having people at the top in every company and all that—I'm not sure that's true anymore. And I, I don't think they have near the influence or power that they did in the past. I think they're more of a of a fraternity at this at this point in our current society and the way that they operate. It used to be that at the local level, you know, if you weren't part of the lodge, um, you you couldn't get the job as an electrician or whatever it might be, and it and it and it was more of just a good old boys club. And in, in our generations, um, and I, I just don't—I have seen and I. Look, I'll admit I haven't spent, you know, uh, days and days and days and days and days studying uh, in a while on this on this subject. But in the past, when I studied it, I found no evidence that they were in the positions of power that they used to be and uh, or that they were somehow able to control the control the agenda. So, I mean, I, I, when you give me when you make a statement that that big, that strong, that general you got to have some specifics. You got to give me some specific names and companies and, and evidence of where they're actually doing it. Otherwise it's just conjecture. It really is a conspiracy theory. Um, that's not to say that the Masons haven't been conspiratorial in the past or, or been powerful in the past. I just don't think they are what they were in the past or that they have, I haven't seen it. And I, and I run in some, some pretty decent circles and I've been inside the belly of the beast as a, as a, as a you know, legislator myself. And, um, you know, I, I just don't I just don't see it, man. I, I mean, if you got if you got hardcore evidence of that, you might change my mind, but I just don't buy it. And I think I think part of the reason we we sometimes fall prey to that kind of kind of thinking and is that it, it somewhat takes the burden off of us. Because if there is this big smoke filled room with with the Masons or the council for foreign relations, council for foreign relations or whoever it might be, and they really are controlling everything. Well, then there's no point in me doing anything. So it, so it allows me to just step back and say, well, there's no point in me. Putting in my time, money, and effort, and energy to try to save the country because that smoke-filled room of, of all these powerful people is going to control everything, and it disempowers people. I, so I I I think that's the uh, that's the real agenda is to convince us that that we can't make a difference. And and so I haven't I have studied some of this stuff, and I, and years and years ago I did put a lot of time into studying these things and going down these rabbit holes. And I would just say, yes, there are people that want to control you. Yes, there are smoke-filled rooms. Uh, Yes. In fact, I like a good cigar and I've been in a few smoke field. But uh, yes, there are, um, you know, uh, conspiracies, if you will, uh, uh, of people that want to uh, have more power. But are they all powerful? No. And are they are they controlling every company and every uh, industry and all the politicians? I don't believe that for a second. And and that's based on my experience and the people that I know. And and maybe I've been fooled and all that, but I just don't think so. So I want to encourage everybody not to be discouraged by that or think that you can't have an impact on that. Eyes wide open. Right. I mean, just like Proverbs says, you know, we don't want to be the fool that walks blindly on and suffers the consequences. We want to we want to take precaution. We want to foresee that danger. It's part of why you need to take a handgun course and and a constitution course with me, come study in our constitutional defense course and not only physically learn how to defend yourself and your family in the moment when that violent crime happens, about 4 million of them a year in America now, but also intellectually be able to defend the Constitution and to defend freedom and be a part of the solution that can restore our Constitution and restore our liberty. All right, folks, we'll be back with you. I think we're with you all week, so this is kind of cool getting to do this every day. So looking forward to chatting with you again tomorrow. Uh, This is AFA at the core. Be sure and tune in again tomorrow afternoon. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website at patriotacademy.com. Send your young 16 to 25-year-olds to our capital boot camps across the country. We have one for military veterans as well. And everyone can become a Constitution Coach and be the catalyst for restoring biblical values and constitutional principles.